Good evening, Rundown Nation. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this is the College Football Rundown. We had an awesome week of college football last weekend. Looking to get back into it again this weekend. We have a two-time, not just winner of our Fantasy League, but a two-time guest and Michael Story back again. Hi, Michael. Woj, Walt. Thanks for having me on again. I'm really excited. It's been, uh, it's been a couple of good weeks here. Let's dive right into it. Uh, really looking forward to this one, Wall. Good SEC battle. Florida still looking to keep the rank in the playoff football rankings at 11 at 8-2 and two against Missouri, who's 5-4, and four, 11 o'clock on CBS. Good game, Woj. Florida minus 7, over under 51, little low for an SEC game, 11 a.m. Maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, it's low for a reason, Wall, and this is why in fantasy this week, or excuse me, daily fantasy this week, I'm going to steer clear of Missouri and Kelly Bryant. Uh, he's 6400 pretty good price. Uh, he returns this week after being out, but again, Florida D, I just don't want to really touch that. Uh, Kyle Tursk, on the other hand, from Florida, $6,600, went nuts last week versus Vanderbilt, threw for 363 yards and three TDs. Um, you know what? I'm not taking him, though, because this isn't Vanderbilt. This is Missouri. Um, I know Missouri struggled with Vanderbilt in their own right, but uh, I just don't see him doing that back-to-back weeks. What do you think, Wall? I think Kyle Trask, no one expected he'd play at all. He came in for Felipe Franks. I think he's out showing Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant coming over from Clemson, 1,845 passing yards on the season. Kyle Trask, 2011, 19 touchdowns. In as many games played, I know Kelly Bryant has had some injuries, but they've played about the same amount of time. I really think Kyle Trask you know, is a little better credit than you're giving him, Woj. I think he's good, too. Well, I'm going to agree with you there. He needs to take a better care of the football, and that's why I don't like him in daily, like Woj said. He had two picks last week, plus Florida's defense has been so great. This really comes down to Missouri's offense. Is Florida going to be able to move the ball? Sure. But are they going to be able to need to move the ball in the second half? I don't know. Kelly Bryant's health is a big concern here. He's been pretty serviceable when healthy. The problem is that offensive line for Missouri and Florida, averaging about four sacks a game. I think that uh, a win versus Missouri here for Florida is the first step of Florida getting back into that SEC championship conversation. You know, I, I'll talk more about this probably later to a little hint. Um, but I almost like the under in this one, too. You know, Missouri in their last three games has scored 21 points, and 14 of those points came against Vanderbilt. So I just don't see Missouri being able to keep up. And Florida's D is so much better than the people that Missouri isn't already scoring against. I just don't see them scoring very much at all. Hey, Florida lost a close one to Georgia, played well against LSU, the best team in the nation as we speak. They beat Auburn. Missouri got crushed by Georgia. More than three touchdown losses against Kentucky. Lost to the mighty Vanderbilt, Woj. We talk about them all the time. Mighty Vandy, they lost to them. To be fair, it was on the road. You know, all those were on the road. But this game's at home. Hey, Florida throw the points. I still like Florida. All right, Alabama, who did get beat by that number one team in the nation, LSU. Alabama's 8-1 and one now. Going to Mississippi State, 5-4-5 and four and five for the rebound, 11 o'clock a.m. on ESPN. Alabama, minus 18.5, over under 61.5. Man, this moved down quick from the open. Opened at 21. Alabama was given 21. They're now only given 18 and a half. Not sure I understand this move. I myself had Alabama as a three-touchdown favorite. 
A lot of books have actually taken this game off altogether. You might have trouble getting this game if you wanted it. Mississippi State, my favorite team. Had a season win total for them under. Locked it in with four games remaining. That's why they're my favorite team. Look for Saban, you know, to challenge his defense this week, Woach. Giving up 400 yards in the air to LSU last week, that's a lot of yards. Mississippi State averaging 408 yards a game. I'd be surprised to see that this week. Well, who's, who's your Alabama wide receiver in daily fantasy this week? I know you're a big fan of Devonta Smith, so let, let's hear it. Are you, are you going to stick with him, or are you going to look somewhere else? I mean, Devonta Smith got us $147 per point last week, so why change a good thing? Let's go right after him again at 6500 All day I'll take that. 930 you know yards in the season, 11 TDs, and 50 receptions. Guy is just a beast in that three-headed monster over there. I don't even think Henry Ruggs III is even in the conversation anymore as even a receiver at Alabama. Maybe not Ruggs, but you know, only $200 more at 6700 Jerry Judy is in play here. I think it's a Jerry Judy game. He's been averaging 21.7 points per game. I really like uh, the connection he and Tua have had in the past. Hasn't shown up the last few weeks, but I think Jerry Judy bounces back with a big game. I'm calling it right now. Eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. All right, that's uh, that's pretty close to even value there, if not a little bit over, especially with eight catches. I, I do kind of like that, but again, Tula back to questionable again going into this game. It doesn't know if he's going to play. He hasn't been practicing. Saban's not sure. It's a, it's a day-to-day, um, but we'll see what happens with that again. Uh, he did obviously play last week versus uh, LSU, but it wasn't that productive. Another guy I really like in this is Nijay Harris, uh, the running back for Alabama at 6,400. Again, a little, little pricey for where I like my running backs. I usually like them below 6,000. But 37 points versus LSU last week. Uh, looking ahead in this matchup, especially if Tula doesn't play, I really like kind of Nijay Harris, considering they're probably going to have the lead against Mississippi State as well. Um, I, I just kind of like putting my money on him. Take a look at uh, Kylan Hill, too. The uh, the Bulldogs need to get the rushing game going fast and furious right out of the gate. You know, the tie can be thrown on, but uh, the Mississippi State's really have been li- relying on the run game. So uh, Kylan Hill at 6,500, I think, 6,600. He's a good play. Moving right along, we got Navy, 7-1, and one, going to Notre Dame, 7-2, and two, 130 on NBC. Just for a note, Navy is in the – playoff uh college football playoff rankings at 23 well hey they deserve it they're a good team it shows from the line notre dame only giving them seven currently over under 54 this is a game that opened at minus nine and a half obviously notre dame giving at the open i had notre dame notre dame minus 10 on my sheet woge so this jumps out at me again i really don't understand the move similar to the game before likely result of some injuries on the notre dame team Tony Jones leads that headline there for those of you that have him in fantasy. He is probable to play, though. Notre Dame has obviously had injuries on both sides of the ball on the line. Never good for a team, especially on the offensive line. That's going to hurt your team. Navy, good team. I respect them. Only one stinger on the schedule. Good Memphis team they lost to. Second best group of six teams according to the rankings. What are they ranked at, Woj? They are 23rd. 23rd. There you go. That's a Memphis team that. Wait, Memphis or. No, wait, Memphis. Memphis is 18. I'm sorry. There you go. I was Memphis thinking of Navy 17. again. I'm just excited about. I'm just excited about the Navy 23rd ranking. Hey, so am I. They're a good team. Like I said, I respect them. They are a good team. But Notre Dame's at home. I see value here. 
I'll be jumping on Notre Dame. I'm not going to lock it in now. I'm going to wait till Saturday, check to make sure there's no extreme weather in South Bend. You need to do that this time of year, depending on where the game is played. You know, it risks the line jumping back up, but I know where my number is. I know whether I'm a go or no go. No emotional missing the line decisions for this guy. Well, what do you think about the over in this game? I mean, both teams have been putting up points. That uh, that triple option for the midshipmen, they've been averaging about 40 points a game, and Notre Dame has been averaging a little over 34 points a game. Are you leaning towards the over on this one? I would lean towards the over. I definitely wouldn't lock it in, kind of how I mentioned before, because if you get four inches of snow on the ground over there in South Bend, you think this game's going over 54? Now they're going to want to keep it on the ground, that's for sure, and that chews up a lot of clock. I guess that's kind of a tough call there. Hey, you give me good weather, I think I'd agree with you over 54. Maybe that's where the line is, why it is where it is right now, because it's possible bad weather. Yeah, with the Midwest, the way it's been the last couple of weeks, I, I would imagine that could be a factor uh, out there in <laughs> Vegas and the, and the odds makers. Uh, here comes a good game for Daily Fantasy. We got Texas 6-3 and three, heading to Ames, Iowa to take on Iowa State 5-4, and 2.30 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Well, I know you love talking about Iowa State. Uh, <laughs> Texas plus 7. I'll give you the lines, Woods. Texas plus 7 over under 66.5. Texas plus four, first half line over under 32. This is my type of game, Wall. Again, bad D, good O. It's like the, it's like the, it's Big 12 football. I mean, if if the Big 12 just had a a team that had a crazy good defense and they were just terrible on offense, they'd do pretty well in the Big 12, I think. Um, but no, everybody's got bad D, and there's always good offense to go around in the Big 12. Texas's yards per game ranked 14th in the nation, 477.6 yards. And again, this is excluding anybody that's not in Division I football. And Iowa State is 12th at 482. Um, I like taking Brees Hall in this one. He's the running back for Iowa State, 6,800. Yes, another 6K running back, um, but he's the freshman sensation out there at Iowa State. He's had a, he had a rough game last week, netting us 319 per point, which isn't terribly bad, but not great at 21.3 points last week. This is just one of those contests where he could just completely take advantage of, and he's done multiple times this year with 35-plus games, 40-plus games. I think this is, again, one of those he could do. And another guy to talk about is Brock Purdy. Last week had an awesome game, 42.8 points. He's 8,200. He always sits kite around, right around there, that price point. He got us 184 per point last week against Oklahoma, and that's even before going what they could have possibly done in overtime if they actually decided to kick the field goal and go to overtime instead of the two-point conversion. You know, when you're talking uh, Iowa State guys, what about the Texas players? You know, Ellinger has been really good this year, throwing for 2,600 yards and 24 touchdowns. He's also run for 400 yards and five touchdowns. You know, Keontae Ingram on the ground, he's been a, a really solid uh, running back there, and I think people are gonna they're gonna want to pay up for Devin Duvernay, right? He's the lead receiver for Texas. He's been an absolute monster this year. But if you need a little salary salary relief, check out Colin Johnson down at 5600. You're saving 1300 versus Devin Duvernay. He had a monster game last week, seven grabs for 110 yards and a touchdown. Keep an eye on his health though. He tweaked his hamstring on the on the Texas's final drive, but they said he's going to be getting aggressive treatment this week, and if he's good to go. I like him in this spot. Yeah, I, again, just keep watching for that injury. There was a hamstring issue there he suffered in the last drive uh, last week. But listen, Duvernay 
has 78 receptions on the year. He's solid. Netted us 282 per, per point, so just a little over value. But two weeks ago, he got us 174 per point. So he's usually pretty solid. But like you said, if you're hurting on salary cap, Colin Johnson is a solid option as well, especially in this game where there's going to be points scored if he is healthy and, and going. Hey, Woj. I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to give my two cents. I usually avoid the Iowa State games. Most people are probably familiar with it. I don't like to talk about them. If there's any question how I'm leaning in this game, I want to avoid the confusion and just make my point clear. It's a secret. You know, it's not a secret. Hey, they got a Lincoln. Dude. If you are the minister of culture, that's how you arrive. Matthew McConaughey. Oh, hook <laughs> hook them horns, baby. Go Longhorns. Ames, Iowa, hide your kids, hide your wives. The Longhorns are coming to town. They're going to stomp all over the Cyclones. I love it. Take the points, Woj, all day. Yeah, hide your wife, hide your kids. Matthew McConaughey is in town. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a little on the money line there too, Wall, just for uh, uh, hoops and giggles. Oh, yeah, that's for the kids' college fund right there, the money line. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Even at that good game from Iowa State last week. But we'll see what happens. Texas plays everybody strong all year. I've, I've kind of liked that and known to respect those spreads and, and over-unders in those games. How about we back, go back to the SEC at 2.30 on CBS game. we got Georgia 8-1 heading to Auburn 7-2. and Auburn is 12th in the rankings, and Georgia just got the bump up to the top four. They are fourth in the college football playoff rankings, Wall. People don't like it. I like it, personally. This game specifically, though, we got Georgia sitting only minus 2.5 over under of a big 10, 40.5. Woo, that's low. <laughs> Yeah, the 40-and-a-half scares me with DFS, plus I also don't like Jake Fromm or Bo Nix as far as quarterbacks in DFS. Not that I don't like them as human beings. They're great people, I'm sure. Um, Bo Nix's passing percentage is like a roller coaster ride going from the 40s to the 70s on any given day. I don't know which Bo Nix will get, um, so that I, I just would like to stay clear of that. Uh, Lauren Sagar, the wide receiver from Georgia at 5,500, is a decent option here. Uh, he's their top receiver with seven receptions two weeks ago versus Florida and six receptions last week versus Mizzou. Again, seven receptions versus a Florida team isn't bad, uh, so they might be able to take advantage of an Auburn team. Um, and Auburn's run defense is really good, so maybe they'll have to air it out a little bit. I'm not sure either team's going to be able to do much. I'm not sure that I'm going to take anybody in this game for daily fantasy. It's going to be a low-scoring fight. Neither team's going to be able to really run the ball effectively. We don't even know what that backfield for Auburn looks like with Jatarvius Whitwell coming back in. They've had uh, a couple of good runners in DJ Williams and Cam Martin filling in for him, but we don't know who's actually going to be carrying the rock, if we're going to get a bell cow or if it's going to be a committee. Swift, again, like you said, Woj, the Auburn run defense is strong. I guess if I had to pick somebody, one guy, I might go Seth Williams. Maybe he breaks a long play. Uh, and he can leave up to that $5,900 salary. But that's your top player in the wide receivers at $5,900. That should tell you everything you need to know about this game. Hey, let's shift from the uh, daily fantasy over to the uh, gambling aspect of this game. I'm, I'm going to admit it. I was off on this game, apparently. I was way off on the spread. I had Georgia minus 6.5 in this game. They're at minus 2.5 right now as it sits. Game I looked into, and I had to adjust my thought process a little bit. Auburn, two good wins on the schedule. Oregon, Texas A&M. 
two fought out losses, Florida, and I'll mention it again, the number one team in the nation, LSU, one of their losses. LSU comes up a lot, doesn't it, Woj? It does, yeah. For good reason, because they're the best team in the nation. They've had a tough schedule. They've proven themselves so far. So far, excuse me. Problem for all. I think you can take any loss against LSU with a grain of salt on any team in the nation right now. That includes Auburn. Absolutely, I agree a hundred percent. The problem for Auburn in this game specifically, though, it's going to become one-dimensional for them. I think Georgia D only given up 74 yards on ground a game. That doesn't speak well for DFS. Kind of similar to what you guys were just talking about. It's going to force Auburn into passing situations. Bo Nix, I'll disagree with Woj a little bit. I will agree he's inconsistent. I believe he is a real good quarterback, though. But in this situation, he's going to be thrown off his back foot because Georgia's going to be able to bring the blitzes on him, knowing that they're not going to be able to run the ball. When he's thrown off his back foot, that is not where Bo Nix excels. This is a must-win game for Georgia. Spoiler chance for Auburn. With bull prosperity, really their only goal right now. Georgia has covered seven of the last nine games in this series. Going to go with my initial gut, Georgia, but I'm going to decrease my unit size a little bit after looking into it. It might be Auburn's bowl game here, right? Playing spoiler, like you said, Wall. I think this game comes down to who can uh, make, who can, who can score a touchdown instead of kicking field goals. And Georgia's been just a wee bit better in the red zone. I'm with you. I'll take Georgia minus the two and a half. Like Wall talked about, Auburn's kind of in this for bull prosperity, but you know, I I always like. I know this is probably early for bowl projections, but it's usually a Big Ten versus SEC in that Outback Bowl on the first. And I mine Auburn. I'd kind of like to see them them in that game versus versus the Hawkeyes. It'd be a be a fun fight for sure. I like watching Auburn play football. Hell yeah. Well, I asked the question last week: If Minnesota did beat Penn State would they jump all the two lost teams? And, and again, the same question could have been asked for Baylor as well. Well, Minnesota did. They jumped up to eight on the college football playoff rankings. Baylor stayed back because they had that overtime loss or overtime win to TCU, but it was a barrel, barely a win. Uh, but they definitely gave some props to Minnesota there. Minnesota is going to be heading to the Hawkeye Nation uh, at Kinnick. Iowa 6-3. and three. It's going to be 3 o'clock on Fox, Wall. Hey, going to be a game I'm watching. I'm sure everybody could guess that. Iowa minus 3 over under a 44.5. How about that minus 3, Woj? You know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Minnesota is the dog at the moment. And I guess that just kind of goes to say, it goes to show you how tough it is to play in Iowa City, how the cappers always see that. Um and Iowa's D is is pretty good. The over under is probably higher than I would have expected it to begin with at 44 and a half. But you know, I, it is what it is. You know, the pink locker visiting locker rooms are always tough too. But you know, Minnesota's riding a lot of momentum going into this game, especially coming off that Penn State. PJ Fleck is a great motivator, the coach for Minnesota, and they just came off that huge win against Penn State at home. So they are again riding a lot of momentum. But we'll see if the uh, the Hawkeyes can slow it down with that with that good D they got going on over there in Iowa City. You know, I think they're going to be able to. The Hawkeyes are allowing 11.7 points per game, uh, which ranks fourth in the nation here. And then they're also only allowing about 290 yards per game, which ranks ranks 11th in the nation. So they're going to look to shut down Minnesota's granted underrated offense, especially in that passing attack. Uh, but the home crowd should give Iowa a boost here. I think Iowa gets the win and, and, and cover here. 
I agree with you, Story. I'm not going to bet on it. I stay away from Iowa. Actually, earlier this week, I have a custom application I built that shows me the spreads in kind of a condensed form, and I saw Iowa kind of out of the corner of my eye over 66 and a half, and I'm thinking, holy cow. You know, I got my phone ready to call Woj asking him for a loan. I was going to put the house on this thing. <laughs> Turns out that it was Iowa State over 66 and a half, but this one, at you know, it's sitting at right now 44 and a half. Makes sense. I agree with Woj. It probably will come under. But Iowa is a real good football team, real good D. I'm thinking they're going to, you know, Minnesota, P.J. Fleck, they're all about roll the boat. Right, Story? Roll the boat. Yes, sir. Roll all the, the way boat. back well, to his time at NIU. Heck, yeah. Iowa, sink that boat. Sink that boat, baby. You know, sometimes I watch some of those NCAA simulations from the game they had. And I saw one the other day for this game, and Iowa had two picks. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that that carries over to the real thing. Obviously it doesn't all the time, but it'd be fun to see if Minnesota gets a little too risky trying to throw it to Rashad Bateman in the backfield. And, uh, Iowa just takes advantage, advantage with their bend don't break type, uh, secondary. Moving on. We got a pack 12 matchup here. We got Arizona state five and four heading to Oregon state four and five, six 30 PM on Fox sports one, our first night slate game in, uh, DFS. I am looking forward to this game, gentlemen. This is the opposite of what we were just talking about, a defensive battle. You've got Oregon State, Arizona State, two teams that can score in bunches. I'm really looking forward to the play. The big concern is Jaden Daniels. Uh, for the quarterback for ASU, he sat out last week. Uh, I believe it, it was a hamstring injury. Uh, he, they say he's going to play, but these uh, these type of injuries, they get they can be re-aggravated very quickly. So, Bit of a concern, but uh, the way he's been hooking up, uh, especially with Brandon Ayuk, uh, his star wide receiver, and then Eno out of the backfield, I think uh, I think he's a good value here. Yeah, Jaden Daniels is a pretty decent value, 6,100. Uh, like they said, he's supposed to be back under center, but at 6,100 with the games that he's had uh, this year, that would be a great price. Uh, he's easily good value there. Um, as far as the wide receivers, you have Brandon Ayuk, Freddie Dar Frank Darby, and Kyle Williams. All of them are pretty even. Uh, they, you know, one one game, one guy will have a big game. Next game, another guy. So just some stats. Ayuk is 5,700 on DraftKings. He's had 11 grabs, one TD in last two games. Frank Darby is has is 4,600. He's had nine grabs, four TDs in the last two games. And Kyle Williams is at 4,500, the cheapest option at 10 grabs and one TD in the last two games. Uh, the last two opponents for Arizona State was UCLA and USC. So, again, similar type of defense. Oregon State is probably in that wheelhouse of where UCLA and USC are as far as defense goes, but it's a crapshoot. I think this is a good tournament game, not a good cash game because I'm not sure where the value is going to come from. Um, again, Jaden Daniels would be, but he might be hurt. Um, and I'm not sure which one of the wide receivers is going to be the receiver that's going to get it the most. Uh, again, I, like Story said, Ayuk has had the most success this year uh, and the most receptions, but Darby and Williams both have respectively had good games uh, back and forth uh, between the two of them as well. If I had to play this game, and I will be playing this game, I would pay up and, and go for Eno Benjamin. You know, he hasn't scored in the last three games after scoring in the first six. Um, but he's been catching passes out of the backfield like crazy. I think uh, with the way that we're going to see scoring in this game or moving the ball up and down the field, 
Arizona State should have no problem getting it in the red zone, and they love featuring you know Benjamin in the red zone. I think even more so now with that injury to Jaden Daniels, you're going to see a bunch of dump-off passes. He might be able to catch seven, eight, nine passes, just like he did last week. So, you know, Benjamin, a little pricey, but uh, I think he gets back on the horse, gets a touchdown this week. I was just about to ask you guys. I was so surprised I hadn't heard the name Eno Benjamin yet from you fantasy guys. <laughs> Obviously, isn't he on your team story? Isn't he on your fantasy? He, he is. He was my uh, first round pick this year. I've been very pleased with him. You know, I, I, he's been, again, a few down games the last couple of weeks, but especially with Jaden Daniels injured. I, uh, I expect him to, they've got a decent schedule for the fantasy playoffs. So I am looking forward to seeing what Eno can do on my team in the next few weeks. I have to ask, do you still have that goose egg on your record in our fantasy? I hate to get aside, but you still got zero losses? Well, you know, I uh, I got a little too cute, and I I, I, uh, I started to uh, kind of step back and not make too many changes to my roster. I'm a guy who likes to tinker a lot, and when I step back and things just kind of happen, nope, Walt, I have to admit, I lost to you in week nine, and uh, currently sitting at, at 10 and 1, so no. No unblemished record, no no 74 Dolphins, regular season, undefeated, no Patriots here. But uh, it will, it, there's always next year, right? <laughs> there's always next year for your undefeated record. I, I forgot it was me. I guess that makes me the Giants. I don't watch the NFL. but I'm, 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 sure, you did. I'm sure you did. Yeah, giant <laughs> killer wall over there. Well, I, 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 I do understand what you're saying about Eno Benjamin been shut down the last couple of games because USC and UCLA both figure out how to shut him down on the ground. As you were saying, he did get some passes in the air, but they did figure out how to shut him out on the ground. Oregon State, I don't think they have that ability, giving up around 200 yards a game on the ground. Not going to find a good team giving up that many yards on the ground a game. Talked about a similar instance with Arizona State, or I'm sorry, with USC last week. Did not cover Arizona State, that is. I'm looking to jump on them again. I see this under three. I go for it. I just don't think that Oregon State game can stop Benjamin, which is eventually going to open up some passes. I lean that way too, but I, I really like the over in this game. You know, Oregon State's got one of the better offenses in the Pac-12. Dig Luton, their quarterback, he's got a 19-2 to touchdown-to-interception ratio. We saw Arizona State struggle to stop the USC passing game. They allowed uh, a freshman quarterback to throw for over 400 yards and four touchdowns. This over looks a little low to me at 57. I think we could see both teams in the 30s. I like the over in this game. On to our last game of the day, Oklahoma, 8-1, and one, heading to Baylor, 9-0. and oh. um, Oklahoma is a 10th in the college football playoff rankings. Baylor is 13th. We talked about that after their overtime win against TCU last week. Uh, it's a 6:30 on ABC, also a night slate game on DFS. Hey, game day location. Some people might be a little surprised to see game day at a Big 12 game this week, this late in the season after the Big 12 hasn't really shown anything. But I guess we got an undefeated team against Oklahoma, who everybody seems to like. Oklahoma minus 10 over under on this. Uh, as people could expect, it's well over 60, 67 and a half with an Oklahoma Jalen Hurts led team. You know what's interesting? We're going to see the uh, the alternate uniforms for Oklahoma. This year will be the first time that we've seen the white versions of these uniforms. They don't bring them out very often, although it will be the third consecutive year that they brought them out for Baylor. Uh, but since then, Oklahoma's struggled with these uniforms. So not really any fantasy implications or gambling implications here. Just something to uh, to note. Here's my side note in this game. You know, Oklahoma gave Iowa State 14 while Oklahoma was at home last week. 
Uh, obviously, we know how that ended. It went almost went to overtime. They only lost by by one. Now Oklahoma's traveling to Baylor, and Oklahoma again is giving ten to an undefeated Baylor team. And just so I get this right, Iowa State is not in the college football playoff rankings, but Baylor is thirteenth. So obviously the cappers don't agree with the college football playoff rankings if they're giving that much props to Iowa State in this little to Baylor. Um, so I actually kind of like that spread quite a bit. Uh, I'm not sure I would 100% play it, but I, I would like to take Bay Baylor, especially with how Oklahoma's been been slipping. But as far as DFS goes, Jalen Hurts, the quarterback from Oklahoma, we can't go without talking about him. We talk about him every time we talk about Oklahoma. He is 9,100. Super pricey, um, but the thing about it is he almost gets value every single week. He's had one week where he slipped up, but other than that, he still gets the value even at a 9,100 price point. Versus a Baylor team, he could break 50 points um, like he did against Kansas State and Houston. We'll have to see. Let's look on the other side, though. Denzel Mills, the wide receiver from Baylor, 6,600. Uh, he's been getting increased looks. As of late in the last couple of games, he's had three TDs in his last two. So he is an option, especially for Baylor, if they're planning on to break that spread and win this game at home. You know, Baylor. I'm really interested to see what Jalen Hurts can do against this Baylor resurgent defense. Um, 9,100 9, for a quarterback in daily is pretty expensive, although we've seen Jalen Hurts. The guy can make plays with his legs. He can make plays with his arms. He can drop dimes. He can easily go for four or five touchdowns. I think he's accounted for – at least three touchdowns in every game this year and four touchdowns in more than half of them. So there's no question that Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts can score points. But if, how, can Baylor slow him down? That's the big question that I'm asking. Baylor home wins minus their throwaway games, which we're not going to count those. U UT San Antonio and Stephen F. Austin had to look that one up. Don't even know. Iowa State by two, they won at home. Texas Tech by three, they won at home. West Virginia by three, they won at home. They're squeaking by wins at home, just barely squeaking by. I think Woj even alluded to it earlier about how close their games have been. That shouldn't happen at home against a quote-unquote inferior team. This is going to be a similar game from last year where Oklahoma won by 33. The spread was 21 and a half. Likely I won't put any action on this. Due to an unknown Baylor, really, there's too many question marks, kind of like Story just said. Who knows with that team? Probably why I'd stay away, but if I had two guns in my head, definitely Oklahoma. What about the uh, wide receivers from Oklahoma, Charleston Rambo and C.D. Lamb? What are your thoughts on these guys, Woj? Uh, too expensive. Rambo doesn't get enough points. Most of the offensive production is going to come from Hertz, if anything, as far as fantasy, and that's why he gets his value every week, because he just hogs it. Yeah, it's a bit of a narrow route tree, though, and that's where I think you can see so, some value in these guys. Rambo and C.D. Lamb, they've both been really productive in season-long fantasy. I guess it's a little bit of a crapshoot against this Baylor defense. Which one are they going to lock down if they're going to lock down either? Um, but if you're looking in a tournament, I think that it's worth a shot. Make a couple of, uh, of lineups and put one in, one in each. Stack them with Jalen Hurts. I think you've got a good opportunity there. Hey, just another side note for Daily Fantasy, guys. I just want to highlight a running back, um, a not Enu Benderbins, but somebody else in the night slate, but Clyde Edwards-Hilera from LSU, who's going to Mississippi to play them. Uh, he got us our best value last week when we picked him. He came in at $111 per point. 
Uh, he had a huge game, scored 54 in that game against Alabama last week. Um, he is now 6300 He went up $300 on DraftKings, but if he can do anywhere near that production again, which he possibly could, especially it looks like they saved his legs till this time of the season, um, I would look to just play him for as many games as you can under that 7000 mark. And at 63 I think that's a steal. Um, that's just another one of my late-game ideas. Fun fact, though, I just found this out. I've been calling him Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I guess the H is silent. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Interesting. That, all right. I didn't know that either. <laughs> Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Or Hilaire. They got it right in Hilaire. Hilaire. <laughs> all right, boys. It's the Wojan Wall Pick'em time. Well, story, since you're 1-0 here, I'm just going to let you go ahead and go first. Get your pick out of the way. Talk to us about it. All right, solid 1-0, batting 1,000. I'm sure the Rundown Nation is pretty excited to hear. But everybody, if you're not sitting down, sit down. I've got an under for you this week. I know, I know. I can hear you through your podcast <laughs> app. Story, what are you talking about? You're the over guy. You love the over. Yeah, I took a look at the slate this week. Look at Fresno State, San Diego State. It's a low under, 43, but I really like the under in this game. It's a rivalry game. The intensity level on the defense is going to be high. And both of these teams are very, very poor on the offense. Neither one is, is averaging over 350 yards a game. Both teams like to play ball possession, allow their defenses to win the games. And the Bulldogs, they just don't have the defense to match the Aztecs. And I'm not expecting anything from San Diego State offensively. I, I think this is a bit of a uh, back-and-forth chess match, a lot of punts. Look for your final score to be low, low 20s, low, low, low teens. Something in the 23-14, 20-17 final score. Go with the under. Well, Wall, we had a good week last week. Your uh, your Iowa plus nine and a half was a big win. Unfortunately, Iowa didn't win the game, but it still won you uh, your pick'em. And I had Texas Tech minus two and a half to West Virginia, who had three games in a row where they scored 14 points. Well, they broke that. They scored 17, but they still got crushed by Texas Tech, who scored 38 points. So we we both have back-to-back wins, which brings your record to seven and four, mine to four, six and one. Uh, who are you taking this week, Wall? Well, I have to say, first off, oh shucks, because Story stole that Fresno State, San Diego State under right from me. He stole it right out under me. But <laughs> instead, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick a game that people are actually going to watch so they remember whether I was right or not. I'm going to pick Notre Dame minus seven. Preach what you teach. I can't wait till Saturday. If I could, I would to make sure there's not a lot of snow on the ground or it's not too cold. But I'm taking Notre Dame minus seven. I am going to take Florida minus seven, taking both of the favorites. I like it. I'm going to take Florida minus seven. They're playing Missouri. Missouri scored a total, like we talked about, of 21 points in their last three games, and 14 of those 21 points came against the Vanderbilt team, uh, which we've talked about many times in this, uh, this podcast. But I don't see them putting any numbers up near that, even with Kelly Bryant back in the lineup against a tough Florida defense. I like Florida giving seven. Last piece of advice, if I may, for the Rundown Nation, if you are going to take an under, don't watch the game. Just look at the score <laughs> at the end. You're going to be pulling your hair out every single play because every play could turn into a touchdown. So just let it be and enjoy the, catching those tickets once the under comes in. I do agree with that story. Story, thanks for joining us again this week on our rendition of or our 14th episode now of College Football Rundown this season. Yeah, it's been a blast. Thanks again for the invite, guys. Thanks to the Rundown Nation for being such a great audience. You can find me 
on Twitter at bedtime37. And if you want to know where that name came from, just uh, shoot me a private message. But thanks again, guys. Looking forward to the next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can catch us on Twitter at WWCFB. Our Instagram's college underscore football underscore rundown. Our website, which you can get all our podcasts and information and contact me and Kyle on, is collegefootballrundown.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. I'm Woj. I'm Walt. And this was the College Football Rundown. We're out. <laughs>